0: Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. com slash save. sonobello.com slash save.
2: All-Hit Radio.
3: Welcome to
1: the X-Zone
4: Good evening, one and all, and welcome back to The X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call The X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And The X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on The X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and our broadcast family of affiliates right around this world. If you'd like to uh, send an email, Exon at on all social media sites, exone Radio TV. And for all the listings that we have on the Exxon Radio show, visit www.exonradiotv.com. And if you're interested in watching the Exxon TV channel, that is exclusive to our good friends at SimulTV. Visit www.simultv.com. My guest this hour is Marilyn Hughes, and she founded the Out of Body Travel Foundation in 2003. And Marilyn has written over 104 books, 40 magazines, and 18 CDs on out of body travel and comparative religious mysticism. These out of body travel books, along with accompanying music and art, are all available on uh, her website. And the website is www.outofbodytravel.org. Joining me now is Marilyn Hughes. And Marilyn, welcome to the X-Zone.
0: Thank you. It's great to be with you.
4: It's nice having you back with us, Marilyn. Um, for our listeners who may not have had the opportunity of listening to you the last time you were with us, tell us how you started your, uh, your, your quest into better understanding and spreading the news about out-of-body travel.
0: Well, you know, it started um, early on when I was a child, I was about nine years old, and I had a very profound experience. And then um, the experiences began again when I was about 22, and I started mm-hmm. journaling the experiences and then writing them down. And over time, I started realizing there was a purpose and a thread that was you know, showing up in the experiences I was having. And um, so then, you know, I started writing the books, got published by a publisher back then. Yeah. And um, it's just kind of continued. So, you know, we founded the Out-of-Body Travel Foundation in 2003 um, with the hope of of bringing to light for people uh, the opportunity to understand how out-of-body travel can transform their lives as well.
4: How would you describe out-of-body travel? Is that the same as an out-of-body experience?
0: Oh, yes. It's the same thing when your spirit separates from your physical body Mm -hmm. and you travel different types of realms. A lot of people think about it mostly in relation to the astral plane. And So that might be floating around your body, uh, going through walls, doors, windows, floating around what we know as the earthly plane. But what you find when you start having um, more and more of these is that out-of-body experiences really expand into a truly transformational path. You go into um, an infinite number of realms beyond just that astral plane. So you can be traveling into higher spheres, heavenly spheres, but also purgatorial and lower realms as well. So... There's so much more out there than I think most of us would imagine. So
4: basically, when we have an out-of-body experience that we actually can control, uh, does this make us into, if you'll excuse the expression, a ghost?
0: Uh, Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because um, um, we we do operate in some respect like that Hmm. in the out-of-body experience. But there is a difference, and it's interesting because not only in my own experiences, but I know Emanuel Swedenborg, who was a 16th century mystic, talked about this too, that the souls and the spirits in the afterlife world can tell the difference between someone who has passed on and someone who is traveling outside of their body. So we're not exactly the same, but there is a similarity to it. Uh, definitely the impermanence of it, you know, that we're just sure. visiting temporarily. <laughs>
4: Something that I've always wondered about when I had the opportunity of speaking to people like yourself about out-of-body travel is, how do you prevent not coming, or or how do you make sure that you actually return to your body?
0: That's a great question, a lot of people wonder about that. The, the thing is, is that you have this inexorable tie to your body. Some people talk about seeing the silver cord. I've mm-hmm. never seen that. But what you do when you feel like you're you know, lost or I don't know what to do, you immediately think of your body and returning, and it happens immediately. Ironically, I received a, an email from a reader just this last week talking about how they got stuck. And they took my advice and she said, um, you know, that immediately she was taken back into her body. So it's simply just remembering that with a simple thought, we have the ability to transport ourselves. You know, similarly, when you're out of your body, Mm -hmm. if you think of a location or another person, you will instantly be there too. There's a a correlation between our thoughts and the manifestation of realities. Things and places that we go, so it is a different um, type of, um, you know, different type of world that we're traveling in.
4: So would an out of body experience be a temporary near death experience?
0: Well, no, but at the same time, there are a lot of similarities to out of body travel and Mm -hmm. near death experiences. So there definitely is an overlap. But there's a lot of differences because of the fact that you are not near death. Right. Um, but at the same time, people who have out-of-body experiences will often report things and experience things. And I obviously have two that are, uh, would be in alignment with what you expect in a near-death experience. For instance, life reviews. You know, people will have these life reviews in the out-of-body experience. People will meet with, you know, deceased family members in out-of-body experiences. There will be messages that we receive about what we can do to improve what we are doing on Earth, improving our life, improving what we are doing to achieve the purpose of our incarnation here. So there's a lot of things that will overlap. Now, you know, it may not happen all in one experience, though. Mm -hmm. You may have a part of one, and then it'll continue in another. Does that make sense?
4: It does, like a cliffhanger, where you're where yeah. you're, you're having one part of an experience, then you come back to your uh, this reality and this body, and then the next time you take a travel, you continue on your journey that you were having before.
0: Right, yeah. exactly. Or it'll be taught to you in a different way, but it'll be an extension of the same teaching or guidance that you were receiving.
4: So who is doing the teaching when we have an out-of-body experience?
0: Well, there's a variety of sources for that. So mm-hmm. um, just going from the standpoint, of if you're being taught by the light, because we, we you, know, you can go into the issues of when people are going, undergoing contamination with wandering spirits, lost souls, or anything dark... But if you're sticking to just the light side, um, you're going to be experiencing uh, not just like the prophets, saints, mystics, sages, and ascetics from all world religions, all times, all tribes, Mm -hmm. all countries. But you're also going to meet a lot of different types of teachers that are completely unknown. So, for instance, you would have a different teacher would come in and teach you about the concept of oneness and then when that teacher is finished you'll be handed to another teacher who begins the instruction on discernment and when that you know teaching is finished then another teacher might come in and focus entirely on your past life habits and patterns that you need to see Then you're going to be also taught by your own higher self, which is the part of your soul which is closest to God and has a lot of wisdom to give each of us about our own unique individual journey. But there is so much more because you um, enter quickly into the initiations, into the mysteries, the rites of passage, and these things are taking you into deeper and deeper instruction. So Mm -hmm. you will have literally a whole host of different types of teachers to take you on your way.
4: All right, Marilyn, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break. And ExoNation, our guest this hour is Marilyn Hughes. And if you'd like to find out more about Marilyn, or if you'd like to find out more about out-of-body travel, visit www.outofbodytravel.org. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Whatever you do, don't go away. And listen, my favorite radio station when I'm in the office and I just want to hear some real cool music, classic talk, classic rock, classic music, is, is classic1220.ca. Don't go away.
2: Teacher wonders, but she doesn't ask. It's hard to see the pain behind the mask, bearing the burden of a secret storm. Sometimes she wishes she was never born through the wind. and the
4: Marilyn Hughes is my guest this hour. WWW. Out of body travel.org. How or why is out of body travel so important to us? And why should everyone experience it?
0: Well, I don't know that I would say that everyone should, but if you know, if someone wants to try to seek it out, I think it's a worthy thing. Part of the reason why it is so unique and special. Mm-hmm is because, first of all, you are witnessing and seeing what the other side is really like. And what happens there is you are given energetic truths, which means that you are instructed in ways that profoundly accelerate your journey. And the reason they do is because when you are instructed, energetically you're taken into it. So if there's a flaw or if there is a habitual pattern... You will feel and know it in an energetic way, which gives you the opportunity and the impetus to alter that and change it all the more quickly. And these kinds of things, Mm -hmm. these types of insights are things that many of us could go for many years or decades or even a lifetime and not see it in ourselves. And so that's what makes it so, um, so special, because it accelerates the journey to such a high degree.
4: If it is such um, an experience, if it is so important to basically our growth, why isn't this inherent? Why isn't this something that we do automatically? Why have we not had this ability within us naturally to... to, Well, you know
0: that's... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
4: You know, to actually do it when we... When we just think about it, why should we learn how to do it if it's so important?
0: Well, this is such a good question because we we do, and that's the part that people don't understand. So when people are learning to have these experiences, mm-hmm. what they're actually doing is making themselves open to becoming more consciously aware of it because all of us unconsciously have these experiences when we're sleeping, not necessarily every single time, but it is a naturally occurring thing because there is this instruction that's constantly going on from the spirit world to the human world. And we are receiving it subconsciously, even though we may not be conscious of it. So ironically, what you are learning is how do I make this conscious so I can remember these things and bring it to, uh, a, you know, a greater deal of fruition by having that conscious awareness. When we receive mm-hmm. the information subconsciously, we may or may not bring enough of it back where it's going to actually change or alter the path that we're on. So becoming conscious is absolutely uh, a vital part of it and very helpful,
4: so, is not a body experience part of the dreamscape?
0: It can be. Some people will remember, um, like lesser aspects or not not as conscious aspects in dreams. And people will have what I call spiritual dreams, where they will have a powerful dream mm-hmm. where they're being instructed. But when you have a full blown conscious out of body experience you are going to know it beyond all doubt because it is so powerful. You enter into this vibrational state that that's usually where people get thrown for a loop because it's so intense. You hear the sounds of the astral plane. You hear the thoughts of humanity. You uh, you experience the mind of God descending where all of a sudden mysteries become known to you at that moment. And of course, what many people report and experience is that unconditional love Mm -hmm. that we enter into in these experiences as well so they're so powerful they're so conscious um that you 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 don't even have to question well was this a fully conscious out-of-body experience if you've had it you know it
4: so why don't you take us through a a typical out-of-body experience from you know how would you start it how would you initiate it
0: Well, um, in my case, I've learned over the years, I've been doing this for, gosh, uh, you know, I started at the age of 22. I'm 56 Mm -hmm. now, so a good 34 years. I've learned over the years that it's actually better to allow the universe to instigate it. So what I will do to instigate is stay in a certain type of lifestyle which makes me more receptive to the experience that'll include a lot of solitude a lot of quiet a lot of meditation prayer spiritual reading things like that but in terms of actually intending to instigate it i will probably not do that i do everything like meditate i do ask people when they're trying to uh, become aware of these experiences to meditate for long periods of time, three hours at a time, so that they can get to the depths of consciousness that's necessary, especially in the beginning. As you practice over the years, it won't take that long. But in the beginning, for a lot of people, it does. But, you know, when you ask about what is a typical out-of-body experience, there are the typical ones that many of us have heard about, where you go out of your body, you look at your body from above, And your body looks like a clump of gray gray flesh. Um, And then you go through walls or you experience fear because it's really intense or you experience fear because some people are worried that they died in their sleep, you Mm -hmm. know, things like this. Those are your typical ones. But uh, what can actually happen is so much more because what you're doing is you're going into this um, teaching escape. Where you're going to learn many, many things. So you can have an experience where you're taken to the 23rd dimension and you visit the golden angels. You can go to the temples in the sky mm-hmm. and learn about the ancient mysteries. You can visit the ancient masters in the galactic heavens or fly with Babaji through the stars. Okay, but you let me ask stand you this. Le- on-
4: let me ask you this. Sure. How do we know that this is real and it's not a figment of our imaginations?
0: When you have the experience, you have um, it's it's so deeply, deeply real and so deeply uh, conscious that the irony is that it is more real to people having these experiences than our normal waking life. We actually experience more aliveness, the uh, the the vibrance of the mystical spheres. There's no question for a person who's had it. Mm -hmm. I understand, though, that for those who have not yet experienced it, it makes perfect sense that that's um, not necessarily a good enough answer. But when you um, seek it out, when you start having the experiences, then you'll understand that they become undeniable to the person who is experiencing them, just like a person who's had near death. All right, if this is so
4: important and if it can help us gain to a spiritual level that we never knew existed, if we could visit these temples in the sky or the 23rd dimension, why do we have to seek it? Why, is, why doesn't it come naturally?
0: Because that's part of the purpose of our earthly and physical incarnation itself. It is something that we have to do mm-hmm. you know the the mortal realms and the third dimension and fourth dimension and the fourth dimension is the astral plane which overlaps the third the the mortal realms which is what they are called are realms where the battles between good and evil occur not just around us but inside of us and our purpose in incarnating in any mortal realm whether it's earth or whether it's another world which there are many Um, would be to uncover the darkness within our own soul and then to transform that and to attain over time to greater and greater light. And how does that happen? Ironically, it's through vibration. So I mentioned earlier that you go into this vibrational state. As you continue to progress through these experiences, you will also undergo vibrational raisings your frequency will be lifted up and what you learn very quickly is that knowledge is not information it's vibration and the way that you start to understand greater and greater mysteries of god are by achieving higher frequencies and so there is a process that you have to undergo And there are things that we have to do in order to earn our way to the next level. All right,
4: I have to earn my way to this news break, so please stand by. Exxon Nation, Marilyn Hughes is our guest, and we'll both be back on the other side of the news. As the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
2: Is cool, it's like a snow. My lady love. With a love that's cozy as a fire's glow. And I keep on you, girl,
4: and welcome back. Marilyn Hughes is our guest. We're talking about out-of-body travel this hour here on the x If you'd like to find out more about Marilyn, visit her website at outofbodytravel.org. Now, I'm sure there are people who are listening to us tonight saying, really? How can you prove to those who've never had the experience that what you're describing is something that is in fact real?
0: Well, I I guess the way I would answer that is by saying that it's really not... um a concern that those who, you know, t- to, who pursue this have, you know, we don't feel the need to prove it. It's kind of something more where we share it mm-hmm. for those who are interested in, in understanding and benefiting perhaps from what can be achieved and attained. But um, I don't know that there is a way in a third dimensional sense to prove it to people who have not had the experience and and that's okay. I think that spiritual matters are like that.
4: Uh, I I agree with you in part here, but when you're coming on to a radio show, or you're doing an interview, or you're you're being interviewed for a uh, for a, um, uh, a newspaper article or or something, am I to understand that this is something that is strictly based on an individualistic? Bases that it cannot be proven or taught to the masses at one time.
0: Um, I don't. I'm not sure exactly what what you're referring to there. I mean, okay. what you can do mm-hmm. is, you know, we have the prophets, saints, mystics, sages, and ascetics who've written, you know, thousands of ancient sacred texts. Sure, this is not a new experience or. You know, um, or something that uh, a lot of other people have not also experienced. Mm-hmm. We have the you know, we have the body of, of knowledge that we have from literally um, gosh, tens of thousands of people having near death experiences. And so sometimes when you're dealing with new types of uh, especially paranormal experience,
4: but you how can are you are you going to be
0: looking at how can you be looking at personal testimonies? that how, multiply how can upon you say themselves.
4: you're saying it's new on one hand but you're saying that it's been written by mystic stages and philosophers for thousands of years so is it new or is it old
0: well i would say that it's old and there is a new part to it which I is see. that people are becoming more aware of it and realizing that it has this capacity in their life have um, very transformative effects.
4: So, would this be something that a person who is looking for change because they're not satisfied with their present life, that they're seeking some way in order to change their life, would be seeking out? Whereas somebody who is totally satisfied with their lives, totally satisfied with their family, their job, their surroundings, and they feel very secure in themselves, that they would have no need for this.
0: Uh, well, you know, I, I really haven't met that many people who, who fit that criteria. But you, at you're the same talking time, you're talking to one. Well, okay, uh, but what I'm saying is that most of the people that I mm-hmm. meet are seeking deeply for. Um, the wisdom of God. They want to find out what's on the other side. They want to pursue some kind of spiritual path, a journey. Um, This, you know, that aspect of this is, is very old. You know, it starts with the very onset of humankind, where people are trying to seek out the mystery and the meaning of their lives. And so, you know, most of the people are Seeking that deeper relationship with God, the universe, whatever you might choose to call it, yeah. uh, because all those titles apply. Right, and that's what's happening. You know, they have this deep internal desire mm-hmm. to find the truth for themselves and to experience it. So, and that's partly what you know, out of body experiences do. It allows people to experience it.
4: So, so what I'm what I'm hearing, and please don't get me wrong here. Is that these are people who are seeking an alternative to their present life? That there is something in their life that they're not happy with, and what they're trying to do is find a different way of coping or understanding the life cycle that they're in, instead of actually facing the problem and working it out in this dimension. Uh, When we're talking, when wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, I'm not finished yet. When we're, also sure. talk, when we're also talking about spirituality, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I go to church, mm-hmm. and I'm, mm-hmm. very, I'm very happy with what I learn in church. I'm very happy with what I believe inside. I'm very happy with who I am. So how would or why would I seek a metaphysical explanation or metaphysical journey to take me to a place where I have no interest in going?
0: Well, I don't think you would. And that's, that's why I mentioned when you first said, um, you know, p- should everyone experience right. this? I said, not necessarily, no, because it is for people who actually want it. You know, it's not like everyone has to want it. You know, and so I would say that if you're in a place mm-hmm. where you're perfectly content and it's working for you, yeah. then that's fine. Oh, I see. You okay. know, when people are seeking it, mm-hmm. when people are seeking it, what they're doing is they're expanding on a certain uh, awareness of the fact that you know we have a temporary existence here. They're accelerating a process that they know they will have to enter into at, at the very minimum upon their death. So, but how so do they how do they, over, how do they know how do they know that they have to how,
4: how do they know they have to enter this process?
0: A lot of people know it because they're being instructed through these experiences and they have that um, awareness of that. And so they are very interested in uncovering whatever it is that they agreed to or uh, needed to overcome in this life that they set out to do at the time of their incarnation. And so, you know, the people who are seeking this out... Mm -hmm are not doing it necessarily. You know, some people have issues in their current lives. And in fact, most most of us do, you know, and they're trying to understand what their, their uh, best path is going to be. But a big part of it is that they want to understand and fulfill the destiny they came in to fulfill. And that is a spiritual destiny, a personal transformative destiny, what I call... A path of purification, which goes back to we're in a mortal realm, Mm -hmm. and this is where we go through those purifications into uh, the good and evil within our own souls, and so they want to do that, and they're very sincere, uh, you know, and very, very uh, on fire, I guess so to say.
4: So, (laughs) so this is so out of body travel is basically a philosophy.
0: No, it's not a philosophy, but it's it, what it is, is it's a tool. A lot of people try to define it in all these other ways. They think the out-of-body travel mm-hmm. itself is the truth. It's not the truth. It's a tool. It's the means whereby some people will find the truth or find parts of the truth because, you know, the truth of God is so vast, so huge, not one of us can contain it, which is one of the reasons... I was directed early on to study the ancient sacred texts because God has revealed himself throughout time and history to many, many, many thousands of Mm -hmm. souls and people in different ways. And so, you know, when you want to get to know somebody, you get to know their friends. And this is what we're doing when we read the ancient sacred texts. We're getting to know God's friends and all the unique ways, the different ways and the similar ways. That um, you know, exceptional souls throughout time and history have um, crossed that great divide, that great barrier from uh, this world into the next.
4: But how can we take the words of 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 scribes, mystics, philosophers from way back when, when they had no knowledge? of the wonders of the universe itself. They were very primitive. So how can we take anything that they wrote or said as anything less than, well, you know what? They just didn't know better.
0: Well, I guess I would disagree with the the conclusion, mm-hmm. which is that they were just so primitive that they didn't know. Ironically, a few years back, I was approached by um, a, an astrophysicist, um, uh, because, as he said, what they have been discovering in astrophysics and in science is that what the mystics have been saying for 5,000 years is starting to prove itself to be true. And you'll see that with a lot of people. For instance, well, hold look, on here. We've got he to ta-
4: we've got to take our final sure. break. So please stand by. Exxon <laughs> Nation. Marilyn Hughes is our guest, and uh, we'll be back on the other side as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs>
1: Thank mm-hmm. you.
4: back, everyone. Marilyn Hughes is our guest, www.outofbodytravel.org. Before we went to the break, you were telling us about an astrophysicist who came to you to discuss um, out-of-body travel.
0: Yeah, I was working with a a board, uh, the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. Oh, yeah. um, And that is what we were working on. Um, uh, You know, and what I was going to point out, a couple of things. One is, No one has to believe it. No Mm -hmm. one has to take the words of the mystics. So that's not what any of us would say. We would say that it is freely given. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like, you know, the New Testament is an ancient sacred text. And so we take um, the word of the writers that these miracles occurred, that Mm -hmm. the resurrection occurred. It's the same thing where people have to follow what feels correct for them. Um, But uh, I wanted to mention Dr. Edgar Mitchell um, because he was one of the Apollo astronauts. And one of the interesting things about him Mm -hmm. was that when he went into space, you know, he went to the moon. Mm -hmm. When he went into space, he experienced a profound mystical experience along with apparently the other astronauts on his mission where they went into a state of ecstasy or samadhi in space. And one of the unique things was when Dr. Edgar Mitchell returned from space, he founded the Institute of Noetic Sciences and he participated in years and decades of psychic research and research into um, not just the, uh, you know, the mystics from all ages and all throughout time, but he was very interested in trying to understand what had happened to him. And so what we find, I I look at Dr. Edgar Mitchell as unique because he was a true scientist who had a mystical experience. And then when you follow and understand what happened to him and you compare it to the experiences of some of the mystics, they're not so different, you know what I mean? And so it shows us that there there is an intersection in our humanity where science and spirituality do meet and this is one of the things that the astrophysicist was sharing with me we in fact wrote an article uh, called the science for moral law and it was about the things that they were discovering in astrophysics and how it works with physical reality and what they've learned regarding the mystics from throughout time so there is a correlation at least in some people's eyes, mm-hmm. you know, to these things, right?
4: So I guess it's a matter of preference.
0: hmm It can be, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And, you know, um, uh, one of the reasons it's so important to say that, no, not everyone has to have the experience, but those who wish to pursue it, it can be very, very fruitful and it can be very meaningful. But for those who find their path in other ways, there's nothing um, wrong or or inferior in that. you know we have many different ways that people find their path, and that's why it's for those who are uniquely right. um, you know uh, it's a, uh, they're just drawn in that direction. okay, and for those who are not, they don't have to be.
4: Let me ask you this why would an astrophysicist be interested in out- of body travel?
0: Because he had found. That um, in the writings of the mystics, the experiments that were being done in the astrophysical realm, and I will apologize for the fact that I do not understand this because it's well over my head. Um, but um, because what, what because astrophysics, yeah,
4: because astrophysics, explained- astrophysics is a branch of the space science that actually applies the law of physics and chemistry to explain the birth, life, and death of stars. So where where does Where where does out-of-body travel fit in all this? I don't understand it.
0: Well, um, what he had explained to me was that they were discovering that all existence, all energy in Uh space works towards manifestation in physical form. And there was something about this that was very, very relevant and important in his mind as a scientist. And so, like I said, I do not understand it. I can only tell you what he shared. <laughs> so,
4: so excuse me, but uh, a question here is, if you don't understand what he was looking for, why would he have come to you?
0: Well, he came to me for the part that I do understand, which oh. is the mystical side. So, you know, what happens and what happened in the board as we had originally put it together for um, the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into extraterrestrial experiences Mm -hmm. was that they had gathered um, scientists, astrophysicists, they gathered a a few mystics Mm -hmm. because there's a correlation between the experiences that people have when it's near death, when it's out of body, when it is an extraterrestrial abduction. Um, And Mm -hmm. and part of the reason for that is because sometimes those things happen multidimensionally and so there is a correlation between different paranormal events. So they gathered a whole crew mm-hmm. of people who were versed in different aspects, and we all brought forward our unique, um, you know, corner of the of the uh, question. So basically, so, that was so basically, it was a
4: it was a think tank.
0: Yes, very much. Okay, so. okay.
4: And yes. what did this think tank actually? Conclude that could be actually tested by the scientific community.
0: Well, that's what they're doing now because the um, organization, and I don't know that much about it because I'm no longer um, involved right now, but they are, you know, they put out a book Mm -hmm. called Beyond UFOs, um, which was the culmination of all their research into thousands and thousands of people who had um, extraterrestrial experiences of one kind or another. And so they put that out. I know they're currently working on the follow-up book, which unfortunately I do not know the title, but it is going to be the science behind this whole thing that you're talking about, which is the correlation between near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, extrasensory perception, Mm. the extraterrestrial experience when it's occurring multidimensionally or otherwise, and other forms of paranormal contact. And so they're going to bring forward what that science is, and they have actually a lot more scientists aboard now who are participating in that process. So the science is out there. You know, um, I particip- I've participated in several scientific studies myself with other, uh, other people. I was involved in a scientific study with Dr. Edgar Mitchell, Ingo mm-hmm. Swan, uh, done by Dr. Thomas Stryker. Um, I was involved with one that was done by uh, Skeptico.com. Uh, that's Alex Securus, who was also part of the original board. Um, But that happened like several years before uh, that happened. And so, um, you know, there are a lot of scientific people out there who are investigating these things. I know that there is also a lot of work being done with, um, you know, taking brain scans of people who have experiences like this and and scientists are comparing them. And mm-hmm. learning a lot about what causes certain people to be more uh, likely to have these types of experiences than others, and so it's it's happening. The scientific analysis is happening. Um, and so it's out there. but what we have to understand is that um, you don't need scientific analysis to define your experience and and not not for the you know, exper-
4: what, not for the experiencer, but for those. Who have not had the experience, and according to our research that we've done here, the number of people who actually have out of body experiences are in the very low percentile.
0: I don't think that I'd I'd be interested in seeing that study, but I, you know, and I I have the unique Mm. experience of, of, you know, receiving a lot of email from people, thousands and thousands around the world. And, I, you know, my experience is not that... We're a- going to
4: have to say so long for now because we've run out of time. And ExoNation, if you'd like to find out more about Marilyn Hughes and uh, the work that she's done, visit her website at www.MarilynHughes. I'm sorry, www.OutOfBodyTravel.org. Personally, I think it's a matter of choice. It's a matter of belief. It's a philosophy that, to this date... Anyway, cannot be proven. And you know me, exonation. until something is proven, it is not fact, it is fiction. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour. No, we were already wrapping up this hour. My goodness, getting ready for the next hour. This is what happens when I travel out of body, I kind of lose myself. We'll be back on the other side of the news break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the exon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Now you know what this music means.
2: Let's go! He walks fairly down the street With the green pool way down low Ain't no sound but the sound of his feet Machine guns ready to go